Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Now, here's Brandon Escott. Just for the first little bit today, Bob literally in transit with the Oilers right now to the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. That provides the backdrop for yet another preseason game tonight. Battle of Alberta style, the Oilers and Calgary Flames at 7 o'clock on 6.30. Ched, welcome to the next 6, 7... Seven hours of sports broadcasting somewhere in that ballpark. It's going to be a long, fun night here on this Friday. Oilers now brought to you, as always, by World of Spas. We've got a busy one in short order. Just 90 minutes for you and uh, I, and I guess, well, 45 technically, because Bob's going to jump aboard sometime after the three, or the 4.30 news, rather. We'll hear from Frank Saravalli, go around uh, the Western Conference, and maybe more specifically the Pacific Division, as he just spent some time in our city and Vancouver, Calgary as well. Alex Peters, part of the Oilers roster, set to dress tonight. And it is a much lighter Oilers roster than the one we saw on home ice. Surprised? I don't know why you would be. Jack Campbell does start in goal tonight and will play as expected. I, I, here's... Put it this way. He's expected to play the full 60. Any unforeseen circumstances, I can't account for that. But Stuart Skinner saying post-game on Wednesday night, that is the plan. So each of them likely to you know alternate starts the rest of the way here, starting tonight in Calgary. Sportsnet's uh, Louis DeBrusque was a missed connection for us yesterday, but we managed to track him down. He was not hunting even though that was a great conversation on the text line yesterday. He was uh, whipping up some food by the sounds of it. So all good. We will hear from Louie about an hour from now. Get you set for the Oilers and the Calgary Flames. If you want to keep in touch, you can do so on the River Cree Resort Casino hotline or the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Get the new floors you've always wanted at 143rd Street, 111th Ave, or head to ashleyfinefloors.com for more. That number is 780 780- 496-0063. And again, I say, I don't know that I've ever learned more about hunting than I did in about an hour's worth of last night's uh, program. Is uh, Bob in the Oilers lineup tonight, says a texter here. They need to beef the lineup up. Well, let's take a peek at the expected starting lines tonight. It is always a little bit of a, a beefier battle against Calgary. And as such, you're going to see some bigger guys in the back end. Uh, We'll just talk for a second about Alex Peters because he is one of those guys. He played a role like that for the Bakersfield Condors last year. And he is the last remaining player with the Oilers at camp that doesn't have an NHL contract. Is this the type of game where a player like him is able to earn one? To me, I would suggest absolutely. I'm... I'm curious, you know, what the deployment is going to be. And I'm not saying it's going to be an absolute barn burner tonight, but uh, oh, nice reference to the opening song there, right? <laughs> however, however, if the uh, if the game gets dragged down into the mud, you're going to want a guy like Alex Peters. Elsewhere in the lineup tonight, you've got on defense, Cody Cece, Brett Kulak, Vinny DeHarnay. You'll see Philip Kemp, Marcus Niemelainen, and Noel Hoffenmeyer. So no shrinking violets anywhere on the defensive side of things. Up front, it is uh, a lineup laden in uh, sort of the bottom half of your Oilers lineup, as well as some players that would be in the top half of the Bakersfield Condors. That 
being James Hamlin, uh, Xavier Borgo, Carter Savoy. They'll all dress tonight. So too will Seth Griffith, Lane Peterson, Greg McKegg, uh, Drake Kajula and Derek Ryan going to play up front as well. But uh, focus will likely be most on Dylan Holloway and Raphael Lavoie with the opportunity to further cement for Holloway his spot, maybe further up the lineup or showing his whole game and where he can contribute. And for Lavoie, can you stay up with the Oilers right now? Because signing his qualifying offer that's paying him more than the league minimum is making that situation interesting from this perspective. So he's got to go out there and show that he can earn a spot out of camp. We'll get to see that tonight, 7 o'clock, 5.30 for the Countdown Show. Top story today brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy. Legacy Heating and and cooling to me. The top story tonight is our first look preseason wise at Jack Campbell. There's been a lot of work in the offseason for that man going on the six inches between his ears and, and the mental game. And I think that anybody watching what he went through last year would suggest it's pretty important for him to, to dial that one in there. So we'll see what uh, if that translates early and, and uh, our first look at it tonight. NHL today coming up later in the show. So too is the audio vault will press pause early bring it back with daily face-offs frank saravalli for the horses and horse racing alberta i've heard from bob now apparently they have just landed at whatever they call calgary's airport i should probably know that to me it's just the calgary international airport i don't know you know it's pearson in toronto whatever uh yeah game coming up at seven o'clock tonight we are about to set it up with our good friend from daily Faceoff, frank saravalli who's brought to you each week by the horses horse racing alberta experience live standard bread racing each friday and saturday at century mile racetrack and casino for more head to the horses.com frank coming off of his western uh, western canadian tour so he had his stop in vancouver and edmonton and then down to calgary as well we hook up with frank on the river cree resort casino hotline don't miss sunday buffets at the river cree featuring all you can eat snow crab legs and other seafood favorites just 69.99 per person book your table at rivercreeresort.com you've got uh, brendan on with you frank how you doing tonight Good. Just wrapping up my uh, Western Canadian tour, Brendan. Uh, it was a fascinating week out here. Started the week in Vancouver, uh, then spent time in Edmonton, of course, before wrapping up uh, here in Calgary. And, um, you know, three totally different vibes from three teams with different levels of expectations. And uh, I'm sure we'll dive into to what I learned from the Oilers. But I think the Canucks are, are feeling a little bit of pressure. That was the sense that I got. And and the Flames feel like underdogs. So um, it's a really interesting time to be a hockey fan out here in Western Canada. Yeah, and uh, it's been a busy news week on a lot of fronts. Today we see uh, Steve Steos now hired on by uh, the Ottawa Senators under Michael Andlauer. A lot of people that understood that relationship figured that was uh, going to align. But, um, you know, maybe we'll stay just in particular in the Pacific Division for now. Uh, as as far as Vancouver goes, a team that just named Quinn Hughes uh, captain. They've got Rick Tockett for a full season now as their head coach. Uh, and, and you say a different kind of vibe out there. What, are, what do you think expectations are? The fan, the fan base always has high expectations, but what did you garner from that trip? 
Yeah, I think the expectations from the team are to be a playoff team and to be right there in the mix. And I do think they're going to get there this year. I think their defense core is vastly improved. I think Thatcher Demko, when healthy, has shown himself to be one of the very best goaltenders in the league. And I think now that you have a full year of the Rick Tockett experience, I think his no-nonsense, no-BS approach really rubs off on everyone. Um, That team needs to be harder to play against. They need to compete. And I think he's going to bring an element of that. And uh, they have some ground to make up from where they were last year. They've had a few tough seasons. Um, But the expectation is always pretty high there, as you mentioned. And I think with the talent they have at at three core positions with Pedersen up front, Quinn Hughes on the back end, and Demko in net, that they've got the building blocks and foundation to be that playoff team. Um, will the moves that they've made on the periphery um, or, or depth moves when you consider like a Carson Soucy coming in and Ian Cole signing, uh, Philip Hironic getting his first full year on the back end, like that decor to me was what held them back was the way they defended. And now being able to trot out six, I think, authentic, bona fide NHL defensemen is going to make a big difference. Chatting with Daily Faceoffs, Frank Saravalli for the horses. Horse racing Alberta to Calgary. We go in uh, a busy week, and I'll, I'll start by saying this. I mean, with the news of uh, Chris Snow's decline and, and that from uh, Kelsey Snow coming out that day, I thought it was a little interesting that they went ahead and still announced the captaincy and, and Michael Backlund's contract extension, something that may have been able to wait a day. But regardless, Calgary had uh, much of the spotlight there for some good reasons and some difficult reasons earlier this week yeah it really was a tough week and tough certainly few days in calgary with chris snow uh we're all thinking of the snow family and the way that they've the way he's battled als has been incredible the strength that kelsey and his two kids have shown like they're unbelievable people and and quite literally cannot say enough about them so uh, they're certainly in our thoughts and, you know, it's really hard because even though with ALS, knowing that it's a fatal disease, um, knowing it's coming and then the sort of how sudden it was, um, has really been hard on people. He was in Penticton last week at the young stars tournament. Uh, another friend of mine, uh, that works in Calgary, he was in a Starbucks last week and got body checked by Chris. Uh, in line as a way to say hi like it's it's jarring and um you just feel for the family so that's been really hard and the tough part about that is obviously they're super respectful of chris and you mentioned the press conference and the backland extension was all important and also the captaincy like um i gotta tell you that chris snow notwithstanding like the vibe and the energy in calgary is so different than last year they're light they're loose uh they're excited to come to the rink i talked to jonathan huberto yesterday uh for one he said he hasn't even had a chance to introduce the proper the real jonathan huberto to calgary so that's interesting and they just feel like they're ready to turn the page they have a clean slate new gm new coach much of the roster is the same for a team that uh, a lot of people pick Brendan to be a Stanley Cup favorite, a trendy pick in the preseason last year, 
now all of a sudden people are saying that they can't make the playoffs or won't make the playoffs. Um, the, you know, for all that went wrong last year, they still only missed by three points. So I think there's lots of room for improvement. I think that feel is, is all important and it's great to have fun now. And it's great to smile. Uh, winning at the end of the day will determine how much fun you have in a season. So I think there's a fine line with that. But I think they've now got the opportunity and runway to put together this year what they couldn't last year. And Ryan Huska's dialed in. His attention to detail is is superb. And uh, I'm interested to see how they put it all together. I saw the tweet from Alan Walsh earlier this week, I believe it was, talking about uh, the fun they're having in Calgary. I don't know if there was a picture of Jonathan Huberto attached to the tweet. I can't recall, but there may as well have been, considering that's his agent. Uh, chatting with Daily Faceoffs, Frank Saravalli, who was in Edmonton as part of his Western Canadian swing. So let's dig into that, Frank. Uh, what, I mean, this copper bust mentality. Uh, I wonder at some point if the pressure of that is going to become too much, but at the same time, they have the talent to get it done, so addressing it directly, probably not a bad thing either. Yeah, and that's it's the elephant in the room. There's no question. Um, here's the thing. They're so laser-focused, Brendan, that I don't know that it really would make a difference anyway if you did or didn't address it. Um, that's their goal. Everyone knows it get to the third round two years ago final four this year this past year a really disappointing result to the eventual cup champs a team that you really felt like you were in the mix against you've got two of the very best players on the planet you've got um six authentic uh excellent forwards up front they've always had kind of five in edmonton now they have six with the addition of connor brown and i talked to him for a bit um Jay Woodcroft has addressed it and just basically said the, the, what it boils down to is, is really this. You can't win the Stanley Cup in October and November, but you can go a long way towards losing it if you let the pressure of what is so far away begin to eat at you and choke away at your success. And I don't really have much of a concern that that's going to be a thing. The mantra has sort of been win the day, you know, win your practice, win your recovery, win your nutrition, win all the things that you can control, and then stack a bunch of those wins over and over again on top of each other and allow that to build up to something. Some of that's cliche, but when you have a team this good that everyone's looking at saying you're in the top two, three, four teams in the league, um, that's kind of the only way you can approach it because you've got 186 days of hockey ahead of you that are only just the regular season. It's amazing what a grind it is when you back the scope out of it like that. But, uh, you know, here they go again for a third time taking a, a genuine shot at this thing. Uh, Connor Brown's an obvious storyline here, but I did get to do the walk-off interview with him on Wednesday night's game, and he's uh, he's a lot bigger than I, than I anticipated him being, and I think that's 
probably why he has so much success in the 200-foot part of the game. He's out there penalty killing. He talked about how much fun he has doing that and, and the ways that he can contribute here. But you're right. And Reed Wilkins and I were talking about this last night. He's he's not a tweener in terms of that middle six. He is a genuine uh, top six forward who you're not hoping can stick there, who you know is a bona fide second liner. Absolutely. And, and what difference might that make over the course of a full season for this Edmonton team? Pretty important. The conversation yesterday, uh, it was really, can this team, Frank, uh, score at the same pace and defend better? What have you sort of discerned from your time in Edmonton about that mentality and the potential for that? I don't have any real question or concern that they could score at the same pace. And especially when you have a power play that is as lethal as they are, um, that's going to happen. So that's not so much of a concern. I think the question the last few years has been, how can they find a way to keep more goals out of the net? Um, I think goaltending, as we've talked about, is a big question, but I was really intrigued to learn more and see more about Jay Woodcroft's defensive zone setup and the idea that they're going to a a sort of zone defense. Um, Calgary, interestingly enough, is also making tweaks on their defensive zone. And Ryan Huska, their coach, when I was talking to him yesterday, he was saying this is such a copycat league um, that they kind of all picked up on the success that the Vegas Golden Knights have had and are trying to translate some of that to uh, themselves. I'm interested to see what kind of impact that might have on I don't know, someone like uh, Matthias Eckholm or Darnell Nurse or whoever it might be that um, might take a little bit of adjustment but might ultimately for the long haul put this team in a, in a better position. And um, Jay Woodcroft was saying he thinks that some of the talk about the zone defense is a little bit, um, I guess, overblown. And it's not as big of a deal as you, you might suspect, but um, I don't know. We'll see. I have a sneaking suspicion about who's been uh, overblowing it a little bit over the last little while. But that was certainly one of the uh, delineating factors in that uh, playoff series. Here we have a situation that a lot of people thought might be the case when Michael Andlauer ultimately emerged as the front runner and then the owner of the Ottawa Senators, uh, Steve Steos, who was operating as a special advisor on the Edmonton Oilers hockey ops staff, is uh, he had resigned from that post on Friday now is hired in Ottawa as the uh, president of hockey operations. So Pierre Dorian still going to function as the general manager out there in Ottawa. But uh, can you give us any insight into this move and certainly the pre-existing relationship there with Andlauer and Stales playing a large factor here? Yeah, and a winning relationship too, right? Um, that goes a long way when you have your name etched together uh, on a cup as as they do from the Hamilton Bulldogs, that that means a lot. Um, this was a long time coming because of that relationship. I mean, almost everyone knew that that was happening. The only exception might have been, as I pointed out, you know, back when the Oilers season ended and heading into the summer was the Oilers had some questions to answer, a succession plan. Ken Holland's entering the final year of his deal. What was that going to look like? Would, would Steve Steos play a part in that? Um, 
Obviously, we know the answer now, and we know the answer from Jeff Jackson's addition, which has been humongous uh, for the Oilers and that long-term stability. And Steve Steos, the truth is, hasn't really spent a lot of time around the team and the front office the last number of months. Um, I think everyone kind of had a sense, even without saying it out loud, where this was trending. And from a Sens perspective, uh, not only do they get someone who's comfortable with ownership who can come in right away and begin to evaluate Pierre Dorian and DJ Smith and and others. Uh, But I thought it was really interesting to hear or at least read in Michael Anlauer's press release saying the Sens felt like they needed a little bit of a, a little bit more weight in their front office with how he framed it. So um, they get a little bit of that in Steve Steos and the Oilers have their plan in place and, kind of worked out really nicely for everyone involved.